Hello, everyone. I just wanted to stop by before the start of the episode to give a huge spoiler alert for season six of Riverdale. Uh, If you're waiting for it to come to Netflix, well, maybe just skip this episode for now. But we do spoil Riverdale season six. So I'm going to play the spoiler jingle and then cue the rest of the episode. Spoiler. 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 Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a very special guest. She hasn't been on in a while because she's my Riverdale correspondent, and maybe soon, since Riverdale's almost over, she'll do other things. But it's Ashley Everts, everyone! <laughs> Hi! I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me back, John. And this it's always is, a pleasure. This is like a first for this podcast because this episode of Riverdale like just came out. So... Mm-hmm. So we're here to talk about Riverdale, Season 6, Episode 17, Chapter 112, American Psychos. (laughs) How are we at 112 episodes of Riverdale? You know, I'm blacking out a lot of little details, (laughs) and I'm going to have to ask you some questions, because just like... Sure. I don't remember a lot, considering I'm still getting over Episode 100. (laughs) of theirs oh my god that was a like with all due respect like that was actually a good episode yes yes but then i enjoyed that um so the american psychos was written by of course tessa williams but also greg murray uh music and lyrics by duncan chic because he did the the musical uh the episode was directed by gabriel correa Korea. Korea, thank you. And it premiered June 12th, 2022. So, like I said, not that long ago. And according to IMDb, now buckle up, kiddos, because (laughs) this Mad Libs of a summary (laughs) is wild. In order to catch the trash bag killer once and for all, Betty devises a plan to hold a serial killer convention in Riverdale. (laughs) Elsewhere, hold on, let me finish. Elsewhere, Cheryl receives some news about Tony and Fangs that sends her spiraling while Archie and Tabitha try to loosen the grip Percival has over his workers. Now, it should be said, this season, they're turning into superheroes. I I, I think a bot wrote this season. uh, You know, (laughs) I I know I've texted you this because Ashley and I, when we watch Riverdale, we text each other back and forth being like, what the fuck? And we were both kind (laughs) of angry at this episode at points because we had Next to Normal, which we love. It felt like we loved Next to Normal. It set the bar so high. You know, we, we saw the graph. It was going up every episode. Like, yes, we had little qualms with like Carrie and um what was the next one heathers and then uh hedwig Hedwig. just because we didn't feel like they understood things but like we gave them we were like you're going in the right direction and then next to normal like 
was a fluke, I guess, because we went back. We were slammed down like 10 steps. <laughs> this one was worse than Carrie. This one was worse than Katie Keene Spider-Woman. Yes. This was the worst musical episode I've ever seen. On However, Casey Cott? Oh, Casey Cott's amazing, but this was disrespectful to Casey Cott, because why would you make him do this? Like, he's I, better than this. I know. So, are you ready for me to blow your mind? Because I was I, doing a little research. I, I know what this. you're going to say. I know exactly what you're going to say. Because okay, on three, we're going to say it at the same time. One, two, three. Roberto, Roberto wrote the Roberto, book Roberto, for this Roberto. musical. <laughs> I was hoping to blow your mind with this. I passed away when I read that. I did too. And I even <laughs> saw the show. I saw American like, on Broadway. But why? They kind of set it up at the beginning of the episode where they're like, we're going to do, at this convention, we're going to have special entertainment or whatever. And they say it's going to be the most known serial killer show. And Charles, who I forgot was gay for a hot second. Uh, <laughs> So just Sweetie Todd and Veronica, who's talking about this, is just like, no, American Psycho, the musical, get it right, bitch. <laughs> I was like, on that note, I was laughing so hard at Charles being so concerned that the Slaughter Con included live entertainment. Like Charles, an allegedly reformed serial killer, is like, I just want to see some theater. Like, no. I haven't been to like Comic Con or any sort of like specialized cons like this. Is there? Okay. So I don't, but like, I don't think there's entertainment. They got the panel part, right? I feel like. It's just, yeah, like people like with Betty and Alice talking about her experiences with TBK. That seems like something that would happen maybe at a con. But like Charles is just like very, like, that's the most concerned he is in the episode, including when he's almost killed at the end. He's like, (laughs) Did we book entertainment for the con? And I'm like, also, why are we okay? Why are we okay with Charles now? Well, okay. Like- so my my question is, um, I'm I'm forgetting in the past. I thought we knew who the trash bag killer was. Do we not? Um, same, but no. We were. I think we got confused because this this fucking show is just like a us stone soup of bullshit sorry the, the hundredth, just... when they slapped their dick in my face in the hundredth episode <laughs> i was just like i'm still not over it because you're just like oh my god everyone's back oh my god there's two reggies they have both bring reggies? back og reggie i love ross butler oh my god you could, i could sit back. on him ethel i miss ethel mugs i miss ethel like they just wrote there's a stranger like, things for a point no she's just like well in the alternate universe she's just like doing equations in the sex bunker no with, but like uh, but like Junkhead. i'm like they just she just disappeared as a character she didn't like go she to just the upside got down the and fuck die. out of riverdale and lived her life god i hope in a universe hope, that doesn't torture her i hope that for her so poor shannon purser okay so american psycho um first started as a novel by Brett Easton Ellis. It came out in 1991. Then there was the 2000 movie that everyone knows because I think that is what really put Christian Bale on the map. Newsies. Right, but like as an adult actor, I should say. That's what like solidified him. Yeah, if you ask anybody on the street about Christian Bale, you're like, oh, name a Christian Bale movie. That's the one they're going to name. It's either that or Batman. 
have you seen this movie? American Psycho? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've, I've you've seen this movie. I've seen the movie. I've read the book so many times, too. Is the book good? It's dark. Like, the movie mm-hmm. is slightly farcical. And I'm, mm-hmm. I think I made up a word there. But the book no, is No, that's like, a word. The book is really dark. There's a section in it called Killing a Kid at the Zoo that when I first was reading it, I after I finished <laughs> that part, I had to close it's the book. It's a Harambe like, biopic. I I had to close the book and be like we're done with this for the day now I love horror and I laughed like saw and all that that I had I I was I was grossed out and like in it the um I can't remember if in the movie he makes soup out of blood or something but he does that in the book it's wild but like I need to watch it but like the whole point of of this entity is that you're not sure what's real and what's not because a lot of it mm-hmm. is in Patrick's mind. And so... Well, I've seen the movie kind of once. Like, I think it was on someone's TV in college in their dorm when, like, a bunch of us were hanging out. So I was, like, half paying attention. But I remember my mind being blown when they were like, oh, but this probably didn't happen. And I was like, wait, so we just saw Christian Bell murder a ton of people. And it was all in his head. But, like, I was thinking about this yesterday. And I'm like, you know, that's kind of a little, like, too on the nose for Riverdale because tons of crazy shit happens and then they'll just explain it away by being like jingle jangle or like comic books <laughs> or like Sabrina well, was here but it's all parallel but it's universe. an alternate universe so maybe that Jughead can listen to in the, in the sex bunker in his mind so is Roberto the true American psycho because yeah, so, this is what his brain looks like so I have a lot of theories about this one episode <laughs> Yes, tell me all your theories. I've told you, I told you most of them already. Uh, I told I you one. specifically. So they did American Psycho because obviously Roberto wrote it and has the rights to it. He's been waiting to do this since the inception of Riverdale. He's like, but, one day we're going like, to do my musical. But like, I imagine Tess is like, let's do Sweeney Todd. And he's like, fuck that. We're going to do American Psycho because I wrote it. <laughs> Because I'm I Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa. <laughs> um, not doing Sweeney Todd. I had this really big theory, and I sent mm-hmm. it to you because I wanted um, I wanted a date and time stamp next to it, because in case it's true, I wanted to be like, I called it. But I'm surprised Riverdale didn't listen to me. So in the musical American Psycho, there's this song called I'm Back, where basically... Mm-hmm. Um, Prior to that, like, Patrick was killing, and then all of a sudden he stops because he's like, you know what? Let's try. Let's try being a human. And so, Let's try yoga. And so he does, but then he snaps and he starts killing people again. And so it's, in, it's like from the book, too, where, like, I believe in the book he writes I'm back with somebody's blood on a wall, which may or may not happen. Who knows? But Black Hood. My theory was that that was going to bring back Hiram. <laughs> that would have been a better episode. That would have been amazing because I- I'm convinced he's not dead. Because <laughs> we haven't seen a body. We didn't see a body. Maybe he's the trash bag killer because we don't know who that is. Because oh, they didn't show us. But like, wouldn't he go after Veronica then? Or is he just obsessed with Yeah. Ooh. Well, I have Ooh, a theory a about theory. the trash bag killer. I have a theory about the trash bag killer. Okay. Um, Do you want to hear it now or later? Because I want to hear it, it later, now. Yeah, you want to hear it now. So I was, um, I was high when I came up with this theory, but I don't know if it's a bad theory. 
she kills TBK. Spoiler. Oh, I sorry. Like, I, I, feel, I, need oh. to, I think I need to put a spoiler alert. I'm going to put a spoiler alert at the beginning of the episode because yeah. it's so yeah. recent. But, like, I think there's just one more episode and then the season's done. This season. Really? This, I think that's what I'm seeing online. They usually do the musical episode towards the end of the season anyway. Yeah. Is, that's the thing. So I don't know. I, I don't know how they're going to wrap this up in just one episode, but it's Riverdale. They can do that. They did slap our slap their dick in our faces and be like, welcome to episode 100, everyone. <laughs> there will never be a better episode than episode 100. That Next will go to down normal. History. Next to normal. Do you think it's better or do you think they're like equal? I think they're, you know what? I think they're both, they're both good but on different for different reasons honestly because because, yeah. because next to normal was just like a really good i i, I did go back and rewatch it recently and like mm-hmm. yes they do riverdale things in it but it still holds up and i know we like praised it and like mm-hmm. um i wanted to just rewatch it after this bonkers season that we're going through and i was just like you know what it still holds up yes i think i had slight rose-tinted glasses while watching it but like after mm-hmm. re-watching it I'm like you know what it's still good and then episode 100 was just like culmination of everything you know it's just like we brought we're doing this big event mm-hmm. and here's our dick but and here's then, our dick but then this episode comes out and I'm just like guys you're sliding backwards yeah like like I feel like there's a scene where uh, Tabitha and Archie are talking and it sounds like KJ is just not like, is just giving up on holding that American accent together. Do you think everyone is bored in this episode? Because I feel like yes. everyone is bored. Yes. In this episode. Yes. In- including the extras at SlaughterCon. They're like, and now SlaughterCon. They open the doors and the extras come in and they're not even excited. They're like, yay, serial killers. And I'm like, be excited because it's like in a 10 by 10 room or something <laughs> Tiny it's, not that, it's not that big if you really look at it <laughs> granted it's it's a tv it's a tv mm-hmm. show and a set and everything it's but a like film set. it's not really that big of a thing um also i feel like cole hired dylan to to do his <laughs> one scene I, or Cole was like, you know what? I'm going to give you 10 seconds of filming. That's all you got. Did he get paid for this episode? I mean, he's like, I I want my regular salary, but I'm going to give you 10 seconds. That's it. But like, also he's hearing Rivervale. Yes, you heard right. Rivervale. That's that's how the season started in an alternate universe. God, so many multiverses happening. I loved that five episode arc. Like it was dumb as shit, but it was so entertaining. And I'm like, if Riverdale had done this from day one, well, no, we're going to not include season one. Cause I actually objectively think that season one is a decent season. Like, yes, it's cheesy. It's It's its own monster though. It's fine. It's its own thing. And then two through present is whatever. Two went off the rails, but if we had gone off the rails like this in season two, I think it would be a better show. Oh it really? Be a better show. I love it. I love this like batshit insanity. Well, because yeah, now they're just like you know what? We're just gonna do everything. I hope next season, season seven, there's like seven musical episodes because I'm very upset. That there's not a lot of singing this season. First of all, I hope also season I'm, seven's a movie and it's just a musical. 
Also, I'm very upset that Percival didn't sing a song from this because I was expecting I don't him. need it. But I don't I, need it. When, when they first announced it was American Psychos, I was expecting Percival to be like the lead. Right, because he's a psycho. Right, because he's he's the villain of the season and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got Casey Cop performing, which, great. Also, I'm a little upset with... <laughs> I'm upset with Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I was like... Why are we suddenly okay with Kevin? Like, isn't he a villain in well, this season? He's been such a dick the rest of the season. But then Veronica's like, and now we have Kevin performing musical numbers. I'm like, don't we hate Kevin well, this that's, season? That's what's weird about this season, though. It seems so disjointed that, like, yeah. I don't think they're talking, the group is talking to each other. Like, no one said, like, they may be sending, like, the shrimp emoji in the group text or something. But, like... <laughs> Why the shrimp? Because. Because <laughs> it's Riverdale. It's whatever, yeah. Because, like, in this episode, during the song Killing Spree, Kevin hires somebody to be a version of the trash bag killer. <laughs> and he knows Betty is there. He knows Betty is there. And it's like, mm-hmm. why would you do this? Like, Kevin's a dick this season. They've made him incredibly unlikable. And that makes me so sad because it's not Casey's fault. Like, right, Casey's no. great. I love Casey. Kevin was likable in other seasons. Kevin was sympathetic in other seasons. And this season, they're just making him into this dick, this, like, vehicle for Percival. They're villainizing the gays a lot in this season. Like, Kevin's being a dick, and he's involved with Percival. Cheryl's, like, fucking shit up. uh, What's her name? Drake is an asshole. I was about to say, yeah, Drake Drake is very predatory. She's hot. That's exactly what I said. I said predatory Drake. So Drake is a new character this season. She is a fellow FBI agent with Betty, which, yes, that's a Mm -hmm. real statement. Um, Mm -hmm. And she has the hots for Betty. And Betty may like her or maybe like power of persuasion in a way where it's like... I hate that. I hate it so much. Well, because, you know, once, once Drake was like, dude, let's fuck. And Betty's like, no, no, I'm with Archie and everything. (laughs) And then she has that dream. And I was like, but like, is that really your feelings? Or is that just because Drake was like, let's fuck. First of all, Betty is me. Whenever like lesbians hit on me, she's like, yeah, I'm attracted to you. And Betty goes, oh, thank you. Like, but, like that's what I do. The other, the other thing that was too, so cute. I had an outer body experience with, with this episode where like, <laughs> whenever they have a dream like that, where, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, it's too on the nose. You're just like, but like, we don't talk about the fact that like dreams ha- are symbols and like, yeah, you know, it doesn't mean, it mean it probably means something that you like losing your teeth means like you're going to get money you're or stressed some, or you're st- yeah, something. It's like, it's I like, I have that dream all the time. It's like, whatever you're dreaming is not exactly what you're dreaming. So no, it's symbolic of something. I hate this whole Betty might be into women contrived bullshit. I think if it was Veronica, like if there was a, it wouldn't be a FBI agent, but if there was an introduced character to Veronica, who was a woman who was kind of into her, I'd buy into it because Veronica has always given me by energy since season one. Betty has never given me by energy. So I like, I, I would, don't, I hate. I would, when, I would say, I would say Betty might be by for Veronica. If that were to happen, maybe. I would be like, Yes, this makes sense. It'd be interesting to watch. Because they have they have the history, they're besties. Like it may just be like a ooh, let's try like um 
Like, I'm I'm curious. Let me try. Can I, like, can we make out? Quinn Fabray and Santana in season whatever four of Glee, where they were like, let's like fuck or whatever. That was fun. Four or five. I can't remember. That Yeah, just like a tryst. Um, but, yeah. Okay, so I we're bouncing all over the I place, just, and that's because we. But I want to say, like, <laughs> I hate when shows do this when they like have a character that they've never hinted at being not being any kind of sexuality. And yeah, sexuality is fluid, and like you make discoveries about yourself as you grow and stuff, and that's fine. But I hate when it's just completely out of left field because I feel like that is almost harmful for people who don't understand this to watch because then they think it's like a random choice when that's not the case but also i'm a straight person so i don't know well i was gonna say at least with like cheryl it's slowly introduced yeah it was like little breadcrumbs because i felt this way originally and now i'm like oh it just makes sense that she's into women right but like but i feel like her and veronica and Tony. Uh, th- oh, Tony, in, I knew. In, at least in terms of women. I feel like they're... Uh, uh, they may they may be pan. Pansexual. I'd buy it. I buy, the, I buy those three characters are pansexual. I buy Fangs as bisexual. Yes, yeah. Kevin, if they, if they give... If they make Kevin start dating a woman, I'm gonna just throw things because... <laughs> Please don't date women. Speaking of relationships, I miss Choni. I think Cheryl and Tony had really good chemistry. Like, I like Fangs, Tongs, whatever their ship name is. Tongs. We said Tongs, yes. (laughs) I miss Choni because I, like, I'm so sorry, but I don't like Heather. And again, not the actress's fault. It is wardrobe. It's mostly wardrobe and directing. Because she looks like Penny Lou Pingleton's mom from Hairspray. Like, just because she's a librarian, she doesn't have to look like she's from the 50s. Have you seen her headshot on IMDb? No. She's hot. I'm looking at this right now. Like, I want to say the glasses are a hindrance to her. Oh, she's gorgeous. Maybe a different frame of glasses or something? Or just, like, give her glasses that are from this century. Like, Well, because Riverdale is, is that make a time period because they're still they're, it's that one where it's like we're we're paying homage to archie comics days still still but if you're gonna do that don't like they make her look like a mom right and well she's well she's cheryl, a librarian and they make her look like a librarian but librarians look like people like right <laughs> but, but like they make like, her they make her look like a 1950s librarian. And that's like... It's ridiculous. It's and cool. even the way she talks to Cheryl, she's like, she's momming. She's like a therapist. Like when I watched like the scene where she's like, how are you feeling about Tony and Fangs? I know it's hard. She's talking to her like she's her patient. And I'm like, these two are supposed to be involved, involved. with each other. Like, why does Cheryl get involved besides Tony? Why does she get involved with all these women that are like moms. Is it because she has mommy issues? Because maybe that's why. Well, yes, she because, does. <laughs> but I think they have like no chemistry. And again, it's not the actor's fault. No. I feel like they're just giving her shitty wardrobe and like shitty lines and shitty directing choices. And she speaks on vocal front. Like every line she says has the same energy. As a registered midwife and a night nurse, I know a little something about crying babies. 
That like was so every line. Oh my god! And I'm like, I don't. I I think she's better than that. I think this actress is probably well, awesome, so this and is this a, is not doing her service. At that's all. actually a prime example of me of what I was talking about. How like the group text has has gone silent because I don't think anyone really knows that Cheryl's a witch. <laughs> How did they not know? No, Betty knows. Betty knows, and I think Veronica knows. But like there's yeah they there's too many characters they don't who know. knows uh okay so I kind of let's let's talk about American Psycho for a hot second but let's go back yeah to that. oh we we totally jumped off the boat so as we said the the for the stage version the book was written by Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa so the true American Psycho Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa <laughs> it premiered on the West End in December 2013 and it ran until February 2014 it opened on Broadway March 21st 2016 and closed June 5th 2016 after 27 previews and 54 performances I believe I saw the, the second or third preview I can't remember uh, but Alice Ripley was plays Patrick Bateman's mom I wanted I wanted I to make her. A, I wanted to bring it back to next to normal just for you because Aww, yeah. I love that. Um so the stage version they did a Kickstarter campaign way back in the day. For I believe mm. it was when it was the London version when it was the West End uh show. And I have a memory of donating 50 bucks to it, but I can't find the email or something you are such Very a fun. supportive person. I love well, that. Well, because I, I I caught wind of this and I was just like, I love American Psycho. Duncan Sheik, I love Spring Awakening. Spring Awakening. I, I, I didn't know Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa at the, at the point at that time, but I was like, but now I'm like, you know what? I would do it again. <laughs> I would do it. So donate. you liked the musical then? The musical was bonkers because... Um, like the songs are great. They do have some jukebox moments in it. Uh, yeah, I've listened to the soundtrack. I don't hate me. I don't like it. Like I fine. have never been so bored listening to a musical. Well, and I was thinking Duncan Sheik, you know, Spring Awakening. He's amazing. Like this is going to be great. But I just, it was very, it was like sad club music, like club music, but everyone was bored mm. and I'd hated it. I hated it. I was like, please be done. Well, you didn't see um, the set being covered in blood and then the cast besides Patrick Bateman come out in white underwear cleaning the stage while singing a song called (laughs) Clean. Like, that was... I would need to... I would go see it. Just... just Or... Or the... Because... So, famously in the movie, they... uh, when Patrick Bateman kills somebody, he plays um, uh, Huey Lewis in the news, hip to be a square, which Mm -hmm. thank God they don't sing that because I think it would have been destroyed. However, in the show, they do play the song and he does kill somebody. But as he's gearing up to kill uh, Paul, um, this giant sheet of plexiglass covers the stage because they shoot blood out and they didn't want to get it into the audience. So let's consider it. So there's no splash zone for this musical. And then also I saw another video where the set is the, the stage is basically a cassette tape. They have two revolving platforms that 
move hmm. in circles. And so if you were to look down on it, it's a giant cassette tape. It's very fascinating. Um, the show, like I said, is bonkers. Uh, and before you knock the choreography in this episode, you, <laughs> need to, you need to see what they do in Killing Spree on the ver- stage version. It's a lot of pointing. Is there video of it? Yes. Yes, they performed. I will find it. I believe they performed that for... No, they per- they performed the opening number for, like, Good Morning America and all those talk shows and everything. Um, <laughs> Good Morning America, here's American Psycho. Basically. But, like, it, the oh, opening number is the tamest bit of the whole thing. Right. So right. in in this episode of... Riverdale. There's five songs. This is the least amount of songs in their musical episodes yeah. ever. And one of them isn't from American Psycho. I hated that. I hate I was like, what is this kumbaya Stranger Things for well, rip-off bullshit? So, okay. I have I wanna I wanna propose something to you. Um I know it's way after the fact because obviously they wrote it and shot it and it's premiered and everything. What if they did a mashup of American Psycho and Sweeney Todd. And like in an episode? In an episode. Like they were pulling songs from it. Not like mashing the songs up, but like uh <laughs> Epiphany of, with Killing Spring. Instead Well, that would work actually. Um <laughs> instead of Bread and Roses, which was written by oh fuck. I need, I can't read. Uh Mimi F- uh Farinha. Uh, based off the poem by James Oppenheim. Instead of that song, it's uh, Not While I'm Around. Because it kind of gives a similar vibe. I think they're meaning to be hope. I mean, I guess Not While I'm Around is hopeful. I was. I thought you were going to say, what if instead of that song, they sang Joanna and everybody listened? Oh. They're I'll just like, you. but Archie's got his guitars like, boom, Yeah, boom, but doo. like... I feel <laughs> that Joanna is is a stalker song. I was saying I thought not while I'm around because like they're protecting the, them. I got at, that. At least what whatever the kid's name in in uh Sweeney Todd. Uh at least his version, not the not the demented version that Mrs. Lovett ends up singing. Granted, I only Wait. am basing this off the movie, so let's play a game. So if we were to take all the songs out of this episode from American Psycho and insert Sweeney Todd songs in their place, but change nothing else, what would be the worst song to put in the scene where they're playing the guitar? I think a little priest would be hilarious. It'd be like, we're going to save you with the power of music. No, 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 no. These are my friends. Because, <laughs> because, because you are what... They are their friends. So in, in this, uh, one of the songs that they sing in this episode is You Are What You Wear, which I'm surprised Roberto let them do that because he should know better. In American Psycho, that song is to show how vapid and yeah. how gross the yuppie culture is because that's what these people are. They're yuppies. And so it's these... In the show, it's these two women. Oh God, Ashley, I need to send you some stuff. I I, I have. I listened to the soundtrack. No, and no, I read no. The you, need to, you need to see. You need to see the choreography because in this oh, scene, no. they're they're getting ready 
to for like a dinner party and there's these ensemble women who are like carrying things and being like 80s models and then putting them down in rhythm like <laughs> Tessa would never Tessa would put you to shame you yes. choreographer for the music you know but, what um but like oh, I'm sorry let me finish uh you yeah, when they when they sing you are what you wear first of all I find I feel like the women of Riverdale the actresses are better singers than the men that's what I said that's yes. what I said so like it's great that they had women yay women's song but like <laughs> the the justification for the song is so stupid like no it was the i miss the mountains moment of this episode yes oh, remember when we went skiing in the mountains oh, I miss the miss mountains. The mountains. Yes. this was that it was like let's wear like, dresses you are what you wear like they got they got it right with a girl before because in the show that's that, great in the show it's supposed to be um uh patrick's Jean. secretary is singing it gene yeah gene mm-hmm. is singing it I believed the audience as like an aside mm-hmm. and it, and it works. They did a great job with this killing spree, not a common man. It's supposed to be performance. I'm fine with that. You are what you wear. I mean, visually it was and like in this world of this, of the show, it was dumb, but I fucking love the music. <laughs> I fucking love the song. I thought well. they did the song better than the Broadway cast. Like I, I enjoyed it. It was like a bop. It was fun. It kind of seemed like a really long Lamilla Petchart TikTok. Um, I loved the Katie Keene name drop, but I was like, just have Lucy on the show, you cowards. And... Right. Bring her. Bring her. You like, know what? You know what would have been better if they somehow wrote her and and Karen and Shipka into that moment i would have loved I w- yes i would have loved if they had lucy it. and kieran and shipka and then they got rid of heather and drake because they did not need to be there you know what i'm really also upset about now that i think about it they didn't bring back josie and the pussycats for that scene that could have been fun tony's I friends josie. with josie right did they yeah. actually talk to each other <laughs> no wait tony I mean, yeah they were no all she's kind of like satellite friends though well, remember in the Pussycats episode where Josie was sitting at the table with all of them? And they were like, we're so glad you're here. And she's like, fuck all of you. None of you talk to me. Betty, <laughs> we, like we, we never talked Betty one-on-one. And it's like, <laughs> you're right. You're, you're right. Tony was not at that table, I don't think. So I but feel I, like... But like, how fun would it have been to see Josie and the Pussycats back? I mean, I'm always happy to see Josie and the Pussycats. I love... I love that. I want a spinoff. I don't know if they're doing it though. Because I, I haven't, I haven't seen, I haven't seen anything, and I really want it for them because, like, the songs are just going to be so banger. Yeah. You know, I yeah. feel. You know, I don't want to. I I want to blame Tessa for this episode, but I don't at the same time because <laughs> I, I feel like she was cornered, unless like. Yeah. Unless she's like uh, putting a big hand in whatever this season is going to be, then fuck off, Tessa. But like, here's what I think went down. I think she proposed Sweeney Todd for the serial killer musical. <laughs> I think Roberto said no. I think he literally cornered her because he is the true American psycho. And I think he went, <laughs> we're doing American psycho. And she was like, okay, enter choreography with thriller hands and awkward wobbles. By the way, this is the first time in uh, my this podcast history that I didn't take notes while writing, while watching this. I saw it 
I've seen it twice already. Mm-hmm. I've seen it three times. <laughs> of course you have. I was planning on watching it every night until we recorded, but every night. But shit happens, and I was. <laughs> but I've been it's listening. Okay, you don't need to watch it. I've been listening to the last three songs on repeat because, like, I mean, I didn't. I did it not like not a common man. I just don't want to get to bread and roses. <laughs> I will say that um, I've listened to the soundtrack from the musical and then this, and I like what Casey Cott does with it more than what Matt Smith does with it. Not to knock Matt Smith, he's great, but like it's very like da 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 da, and Kevin goes up the octave. And right. he's just like belting his face off. And I'm like, oh, I love this. I was like, maybe Casey Cott, if they were ever to do this, like revamp this show on Broadway again, Casey Cott would be great. But I also think like there's something kind of inherently boring about Patrick Bateman. Not that he's a boring person, but like he's uh, there's like a lyric in the Common Man song where he's like, everyday pleasures are a bore or something because at first Mm. i was watching this episode i'm like why does kevin look so bored and then i'm like oh it's not that he's bored he's playing a part and patrick bateman is bored with like his everyday life which is why he kills people so actually casey cott's doing a stellar job with the source material but i would love to see casey cott in something where he can display like all of his emotions because he's just so great like I would have loved to have seen Tommy when he was in Tommy. Yeah. Or I would love, cause if they kept, if they kept the same idea, but they did Sweeney Todd. Is he old enough? I mean, no, but like, well, wait, how old is he supposed to be on the show? They're like 25, old. 26 now on the show. Yeah. Something like that. No, he's, he's not old enough, but like, I feel like vocally he could, do an amazing job because like i know we joked about saying uh my friends would have been the stand-in for bread and roses but like can you imagine casey cott singing that song he's um oh my god no i think he'll do he would he would do an amazing job like i would i would love to see him like not not maybe not be in a production of it but if he would if they were to do like a concert version of just the songs i would love speaking of have you seen Casey Cott at Feinstein's 54 Below singing Sober by Kelly Clarkson? No. Send that I to me. I watched it and passed <laughs> away. Yeah, he's just incredible. I love him. I hope he does do Broadway shows because I will go. We but will go. We we will go. But like, I mean. Bring Lily with you. I was going to say, even our queen couldn't save this episode with a girl before. Well, I think if they would have not laid it over the whole sequence with her catching TBK in the garage, it would have been better because she was singing her heart out and I couldn't take it seriously because she's like walking into the garage and like killing the trash bag killer. Also, he's like into her, like he's in love with her. So let me ask you this. What is TBK and Betty's ship name? Betty K? Betty K. (laughs) There it is. Betty K. Betty K. Betty K. Trash bag T. No, no, no. Betty K. Betty K. Because this way it's because you're because it kind of sounds like TBK when you're when you do Betty it really K. fast. Betty K. It's for it's, it's wait 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 wait. It's you're literally just re- switching the B and the T. <laughs> Betty K. Betty K. B T K. Betty K. Which is a real killer. 
Anyway. <laughs> Betty K. Also, I laughed every time that the TBK was like, Betty, put on your mask. I was like, aw, TBK is anti-COVID. We love to see it. <laughs> Does this make Betty an anti-masker? Well, like, I'm not going to put on a mask. And then they did the whole, the, the usual stuff with, uh, when they said, when that guy said Eastlay, I died. The fucking names, the off-brand names in this episode were hilarious. Eastlay was the best one. It was the best one. Um, There's others that I can't remember, but. Bailey's they, Comet. Bailey's Comet. That was the one that I was just like. You can't say Haley's Comet. Is that trademarked? (laughs) Haley's Comet TM. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. But uh, I can't. It feels like it's everyone's just upset about it. I fuck, I still love it because it's Riverdale and it's Cuckoo Bananas Crazy. Um, During season one, I was, I just gave up trying to like put logic to a lot of the stuff that they're doing. Uh huh. So, especially these days when they have superpowers, um, I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> Let's just go for the ride. I'm going to not care about anything. That's a great way to go into Riverdale. Just be like, it doesn't need to make sense. Pretend it's an improv game. Say yes and to everything. <laughs> it's a and then you'll have a really game. great time. <laughs> it's just, an, you go, oh, okay, so <laughs> Veronica kisses people now and they die. What a great superpower. Also, she can make serial killers nice people, apparently, because now everybody's like, hey, Charles, and they're hanging out. And I'm like, why are we okay with Charles now? A terminal illness does not absolve you from a life of crime. <laughs> My AirPod fell out. That's how bad <laughs> I <got. laughs> Oh, 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 can we talk about for a hot second in this episode, Betty? Um, so we talked about how Betty is conflicted uh, with her relationships because apparently with Drake, she can talk and be free and everything no. and she's and she brings up the darkness again the darkness dark betty comes veronica at one point is just like to be clear i think i've killed more people than you that <laughs> made me laugh like, so hard i went weird flex but okay veronica did you okay so i know you 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 uh shit on veronica a lot in past i actually gave her sharps this episode i'm like you know it's a bad episode of Riverdale when the people I agree with most in the episode are Archie and Veronica. Archie? Like, Archie's like, I don't think I'm going to come to SlaughterCon tonight. It's kind of creeping me out. And I'm like, same, Archie, same. And then Veronica's like, oh, man, are you hot for Drake? Don't go for Drake. And then she goes up to Drake and she's like, hey, stop fucking with my friend. She's having a hard time. And I'm like, go Veronica. I was so proud. I kind of missed that. Cause I think that's like season one, Veronica. Yeah. Cause then, you know, when they started like separating the core five into their own subplots and then they bring them together at, at points, that's when we're like, fuck off Veronica. But like whenever Veronica is like the, um, the strong best friend. B&V. Uh, B&V. Like this season. And I think last season hates Veronica. Mm-hmm. Like the writers hate her. Yeah. I believe I've texted that to you for a couple episodes where it's like, do why the do the just... writers hate Kevin or why do the writers hate Veronica? Hate Veronica. Right. Like, and like, again, if it turns out that this season is Jughead writing a graphic novel, I am going to flip every table in the world. Like I'm going to, flip <laughs> you're going to run through your building and just flip all the tables. I'm going to, I'm going to Superman 
won this and flipped the world. Like, <laughs> ah! um, yes. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into Sharp and Flat? Um, I mean, we could talk for days about Riverdale, you and I, but could. like, we don't have the time right now. I got us, I have a few things. Um, okay. I think it's hilarious that as a part of like the events of SlaughterCon, they thought that it would be a good idea to include a Griffins and Gargoyles tournament. Oh my Because God. like, even though Griffins and Gargoyles killed people in season three, they're like, you know what would be fun? A Griffins and Gargoyles tournament. Well, like they're not afraid people will start killing themselves. But that that's not because of that. That was because of uh, Chick, right? No, I thought that the game was like, oh no, it was one of those, we blame it on Jingle Jangle things. Yeah, there, there, or there was so another, maybe it's there was okay. another drug too. Not Jingle Jangle. There was another one. I, there was a second drug too that had another stupid name that sounded like candy. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Jingle Jangle is all I remember. Oh, oh, I laughed when Charles at the beginning, like they're like discussing like all the procedurals, and they're like, okay, so like, what do we want to do for SlaughterCon? Oh, but like, what if like this attracts serial killers and they might kill people? And Charles goes. Oh, we love our fans. We don't want to murder them. We don't kill where we eat. And I'm like, what the fuck is this logic? What, Charles? <laughs> like, serial killers have a moral code of conduct. Shut the fuck up, Charles. Shut up. Oh, Shut up. can we... I, I want to take a minute, like a literal okay. minute. And talk a about, literal minute. And talk about Alice for a hot second. Because... I hate her this season. Well, I feel like Alice is whatever the episode needs her to be because this season she's in a lot of the episodes she's siding with percival because i'm she's probably under her his spell who knows Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. in this episode everyone likes her and she's the interviewer for betty for the slaughter con which is a horrible idea it's like a triggering event but like that they're making betty deal with but like also we I talked at length during Next to Normal about how awful Betty treats her mom, but then all of that is forgotten now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like remember when Polly died and you were like literally traumatized that you were imagining mm-hmm. everyone was in a musical? <sighs> what happened? Where is that? What happened? Why? Why? Why are you? Do the writers just give up too? Like, did everyone give up on this season? It's the improv game. It's yes and. And now <laughs> we are and then, like forgetting and then, everything. And then, uh, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then. I, I just don't, I think she's been like, her and Kevin both have been severely reduced to like this season is bullshit. Weird. And they're cool people and they're cool characters. So, like, why? Are they just dicks this season? And they're not even fun dicks. Oh, my theories. Betty kills TBK. But they don't show who TBK is. Betty kills TBK. Is that symbolic of her killing the darkness within herself? Because she's struggling with that the whole episode. She's like, Archie's not going to love me because there's darkness in me. Like, her killing TBK. Is there a TBK? Or is she TBK? Is this metaphorical? And is this why we don't see the identity of TBK? Is that her killing her inner demons? And there never was one. 
which would be kind of on brand with the whole American Psycho idea of like the evil exists within you. Are you saying TBK's Tyler Durden? Yes. You broke my brain. I'm crying. <laughs> You're welcome. Courtesy of edibles from my best friend. You know what though? It's trick. But how did they do the conversation though? Um. Unless are you saying that was that in her was- head? No, because even Alice was like, we're li- we are live with TBK, or the trash bag killer is on the phone right now. So, like, it was unless... another metaphorical dream that Betty or had. Or was it pre-recorded? And is Betty a sociopath as well? Be- like, Betty did that to herself. Betty Tyler Durden herself. Yeah. Where it was like... But why it- don't they show who it is? Is that why? <sighs> That's pro- well. I mean, they probably will unmask TBK uh, in the la- in the next episode. I like if, I if there is somebody. Not, I'm gonna maintain this theory until I see a head, a head, like a face to go with it. But I gotta say, like for an episode that was both a musical episode and contained the epic conclusion of TBK, I am surprised at how lackluster this episode. It was, was very boring. It yeah. was so muted. So, like, if they do a reveal where that is the case and she is TBK, that would elevate the episode because it would make it interesting. Uh, this, for, like, you know, for a season that has been so batshit bonkers and off the rails, this episode is not batshit enough. Like, I wanted more. It was almost too grounded. There was like, not a lot of fantasy, which you love. Like, no one really used their powers this, this episode. And I was just like, yeah. in an episode where, because, like, Almost everyone has an ability at this point. Like they are the X Men. Uh, uh, Kevin hasn't. Kevin and Tongs hasn't manifested anything because they're Tongs. Because they're they're in a custody battle with Baby Anthony. Baby Anthony. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I was waiting for that response. <laughs> I hate it. And uh, okay. But in this, it, we're getting there. We're 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 in this moment. Let's get. Let's officially get into sharp and flat. Let's get into sharp and flat. Sharp flat. And so in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. Um, literally did not write anything for this, so I'm going right off the cuff with everything. Okay. So do it. Uh, I'm going to start, because you mind if I go first with Sharp so I can, like, figure out what go I actually it. liked about this episode? hmm hmm <laughs> I have way more flats than Sharps. I actually liked uh, Casey Cott's performances. Sure. I think um, he did the best he could. You know, I, I liked that they kind of played off... I don't know if you picked up on this, but in uh, Not a Common Man, they kind of played off the... I don't know if it's a theory or if it's actually proven um, that Patrick Bateman is gay. So in that one, there's all a lot mm. of male, da- there's all male dancers. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I appreciated if they were, if that was, if that's what they were trying to do, I appreciate it. If not still appreciate it because it it's, I, I, I thought it was cool staging and everything. Mm-hmm. Um I basically I liked the performances from the American Psycho soundtrack or or cast okay. album I should say. 
bread and roses can go fuck itself that's a huge flat for me and i'm gonna say that right now but like because like you know you are what you wear i listen to it a lot and you can hear like in when you're listening to the um the soundtrack of the episode you hear the harmonies and they are mm-hmm. actually doing harmonies it's not like riverdale yawn harmonies they're like like <laughs> riverdale yawn harmonies. like i yeah. believe I believe Madeline Petch is like taking the soprano one part, you know, the higher, higher harmonies. Um, She's in that song. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the women of Riverdale or like the, the, uh, the young women of Riverdale, I should say. (laughs) Not Alice. (laughs) Sorry, Alice. Um, uh, I, I also really liked, I, I mean, killing spree was great and a girl before like, it's it it's so upsetting that the episode is so lackluster and our queen couldn't save it because even like we saw what she can do with with next to normal that if you give Betty Lily Reinhardt the episode, mm-hmm. it's an amazing episode. But they focused more on the the slaughter con than our queen. Um, I, I hated also, that. I, I also like the moments that we're not supposed to laugh at, but I did anyway. <laughs> uh, I.e. Veronica saying that she killed more people or when that guy, <laughs> that guy who wants Betty to kill him. He's my sharp. He's my first sharp. <laughs> like, it's so <laughs> dumb. Um, uh, yeah. I'm still upset that they don't use Fangs as a as a performer more that more criminally underutilized. You hear him a little bit in Bread and Roses, and I'm like, oh, what a beautiful vo- oh, that's Fangs. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. but like, why why don't we why don't we use that? Why have we never? But yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> what are your sharks? Uh, sharp number one, the casting of the superfan. I thought he was, like, the greasiest, nerdiest little freak, and I loved it. Like, he understood the assignment. He's like, oh my god, your dad is the Black Hood. I love that. Can you sign this? Like, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Oh, question. And it was like... Since we're on him for a hot second, he talks about how Betty is one of them, or one one yeah. of those uh, the serial kill- killers. Is it known that she, like is it public knowledge that she has the serial killer gene? So maybe this guy is also in the group chat by mistake, and he <laughs> found that out Because <laughs> otherwise, no, it's not out there. So like again, it's like do the Riverdale's writer do the Riverdale's? Wow, I can't speak this. This episode broke me so much. I can't speak English. It's okay. Um. The Riverdale writers forgot who knows what. It's kind of like that episode of Friends where Monica and Chandler start sleeping together and Rachel and Joey are like, they don't know that we know that they know. <laughs> this is just the Riverdale the Riverdale characters. The Riverdale motto. And the writers are like, do they know that we know that they know that Betty is the serial killer genes? Yes. You know what? Just yes. Let's, let's just, for argument's yes. sake, yes. Let's just say yes, everyone and. knows. Yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, and. And then. And then. <laughs> Uh, second sharp, Veronica actually doing something good and telling Drake to fuck off. Oh, yeah, I agree with you on that one. I think this was a shining moment for Veronica, especially because Betty is dating her ex-boyfriend. And well, she's also, so supportive of that. Also, and she's like, don't fuck with that. Veronica is single. This is like the first time ever. 
and she's well, not, okay. Not the first time. Like, I mean, she's been single for like the past season and a half. I think single looks good on Veronica. I think she needed this. Yeah, yeah. She's, to like she's, actually clear her mind. She's focused on her casino, and and now her absence. Oh my goodness! It's it's a step down from the rum business, the rum business that business. she ran as a teenager. We must be in Rivervale right now, and if you because we like Veronica, if you haven't seen the whole season, well. That's on you. <laughs> but she's okay. Like, I actually I actually think she was great. And, like, let me, disclaimer, all of the actors in this, at least the main actors, are good actors. It's just that this show is bullshit. So, like, it makes them look a certain way and certain characters suck. But, like, every single actor in the show, I feel like, is a good actor. I feel like we say sure. that every episode that we do together. I just, in case we get famous one day, I don't want this getting back to them. No, no, no. They suck. They're they're great. No, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to put full blame on Roberto for everything. American Psycho, the real original American Psycho. Except except for Next to Normal. I'm going to give that one to Tessa. (laughs) We love Next to Normal. Oh, okay. Another Sharp. Uh, Sharp for Dr. Curdle Jr. having the time of his life at SlaughterCon. He's <laughs> everywhere. He's he's in Kevin's little dance, like as the t- the fake TVK. He's okay. At the beginning of the he episode, they're like detailing autopsy, the events. Right? Yes, they're like, and Dr. Curdle Jr. will be doing an autopsy, and then there's like footage, and it's in the background because it's like I think it's like a stupid Drake scene. But like you see him in the background and you just very briefly hear, now this is when we do the thing. And he's giving me autopsy. <laughs> kind of like Dr. Curdle Jr. commits to the bit. He is my favorite Riverdale character. Can I, I jump in with so another? Much. Can I jump in with another yes. sharp? It is yeah. it is the staging of um everyone when they open the doors to SlaughterCon, where you just see the cast, and they're like, you know, it's it's all like this is a TV show slash movie staging where they're all like positioned in windows and everything. But like Dr. Curdle Jr. is there and he is giving everything. Like they're all giving everything, but he's giving the most. And I was just like, I love him. You go girl. <laughs> anyway. Every, you... Anytime I will see him pop up in a future thing, I will shit myself. I will love it so much. I'll be like, that's Dr. Curdle Jr. I don't think I'll be able to recognize him without the, the uplighting that they give him because of all the shadow, yeah. like the shadowy, the, the ghoulishness of his face. He <laughs> is a comedian. Like, I don't know this for a fact. I'm just making this up. But like, he <laughs> that, is the, hilarious. I would watch actor, him do stand up. The actor as Dr. Curdle Jr. you're saying is a comedian. Yes. No. Could you imagine that being Riverdale canon if Dr. Curdle Jr.'s like night job oh, no, was I a didn't, comedian? I didn't know if you meant that the actor was a comedian no. outside of this. Because I, I didn't this know if you looked him up comedic actor i will look him up after we record because now i need to know this but i just think he's playing into the bit so hard he's so funny like and like Um, he's he's one that's consistent throughout the whole series yeah like there's never you never don't know where your allegiance lies with dr colonel jr he's just doing his thing he he has that creepy voice and then he's like but this is the weirdest thing that happens. And he does mm-hmm. his, his hand turns into a claw and he grabs <laughs> something else out. He's like, look at this, Betty. And she, <laughs> I love it. Uh, Do you think he, his dating profiles say Dr. Colonel Jr. on Riverdale? <laughs> God, I hope so. You mean the, a- the actor, be. right? The actor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, I hope so. 
<laughs> I would I I would swipe whatever way that you're supposed to swipe to accept them. A is good that way. right? Is that right? You swipe right. Right, I think. I don't yeah. date. Great. Uh other sharps? Sharp for the tombstone at SlaughterCon that says R.I.P. Riverdale because it was just a little too on the nose because it just got oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. I laughed so hard. I was like, oh, because they probably filmed it before they knew. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, like, it's it, like, just very... Or something like that. R.I.P. Riverdale. Well, they, have, like, they, yeah. they must have known that it wasn't going to last too much longer. Yeah, yeah. And, Maybe and it was like, subliminal. It was like, please see this and cancel us. We're so tired and bored. <laughs> please. Uh, and then my last sharp is that final Barchi scene was really sweet. Like, it was kind of uncharacteristic of Riverdale in that I could have seen this scene being taken from, like, any other piece of media and been like, ah, sweet. It was, like, too sweet for Riverdale. It was a little too grounded, but, like, oh, I where he talks about it was some really nice acting. Yeah, like, Betty was like, I'm, like, a I have darkness and I don't know if you'll love me. And Archie's like, I don't see that at all about you. Like, when we were kids, you did this sweet thing for a dying bird. I'm I'm with you, Betty. And it was like really sweet and it was a little cheesy, but it like it was really nice. And I was like, oh Right, but also it's really sweet. KJ is struggling to keep his American accent because I feel like he's still like, I'm over this. Maybe um his accent will be a new superpower that is revealed soon. It's like I, oh, now I have an accent. <laughs> That'd be a funny superpower. I, sound... I have accents now. Um, okay. Do you have any That's uh, it. That's it. Great. I want to let me start with my flats then. Okay. Uh, bread and roses, like I said, can go fuck itself. I hated it. <laughs> Though the fact that they had the balls to say that this is their musical episode and then to introduce a song that is not from the show in there, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I mean, I was trying to think of what they could have done, but like Sri Lanka is supposed in the show. That it's the name of a song, by the way. It's not mm-hmm. not just the country. Um, it's supposed to just show yeah. how stupid they are, and so that wouldn't have worked. But and like they probably couldn't get the rights to like in the air tonight or something like that. So because mm-hmm. like that's a that's a ju- that's a real song that they then put in the show that you know yeah all the eighties songs that they have in the show they can't use right. on Riverdale probably. So, so it was a little upset it, it was a little dumb and very like weird and all, like if this was in a different episode i don't think i would have been as mad they could have played running up that hill and it would have been better because they were already trying to rip off stranger things anyway so you may as well just go full kate bush yeah but how how oh you oh you mean like the series as a whole is trying to is a rip off of, of stranger things this episode in particular is a ripoff. I just watched, did you watch Stranger Things 4 yet? Yes, I have. And yes. Okay. I don't know how freely I'm able to speak about this. We have to put a spoilers thing. I'm just going to cut I it do. probably. I'm probably just going to cut it. Okay. Okay. So if you're going to cut it, then I'm just going to be unfiltered. But basically, Percival's nose starts bleeding when he tells the patrons at the diner, you need to go back to work. And I'm like, when did that ever happen before when he's used his powers? Is he 11? And then they show the scene where they're playing Bread and Roses and it like breaks the spell. And I'm like, oh my God, this is just Stranger Things 4 and he's Vecna. And they're like, oh, we hear a song. Well, and so- I hated that because I just finished Stranger Things. And I was like, what the hell are you doing? 
you know what? I think I might hit this in, but just censor it. Uh, but the the bloody nose, though, I think they justify it because he says prior to that scene that he's never done more than like two people, like with the mind at a time. At a time, yeah. So I think that was because he was doing a dozen. I want to say maybe more. But why a nosebleed? Can it be like a twitch or something like another symptom? Because that is not eleven. That's always what happened. I mean, even before 11, whenever there was uh, some psychic thing, that's usually the thing because I I don't know, logic dictates that when when your brain bleeds, it just comes out of your nose. Okay. Okay. I guess that makes sense. But I just, I don't know. I was just fresh off the Stranger Things 4 train and I loved it so much. And I'm like, what are we doing? Why Uh, are we doing this? Speaking of Percival, I'm flatting the fact that he didn't sing because okay, because like they made Jug- they made Jughead sing. Why not mm. make Percival sing? Also, he's the villain. Like I know Kevin is a villain this season, but Percival mm-hmm. is literally the villain of the season. And if you're doing something like he doesn't have to like give Kevin the performances, but just have justify a song for Percival. Or, like, give him a line in a song. That's all I needed. Mm-hmm. Not a full song. Um, That's fair. And then I think we're also going to fly, like, the lackluster nature of the episode. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. so much happens, but it's just so boring. I can't tell if it's because it's the writing or if everyone, and I just mean everyone, is just over it. And they're like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on autopilot. Da-da-da. Da-da-da-da-da. Lacey's. Eastley, uh, Bailey's comment. Uh, what are your flats? I have so many. Can you like pare down your to like top three? <laughs> oh no, there's seven. There's seven. Uh, okay. I can do seven. The way when you say there's many, I was like, are you just gonna flat? Do you want me episode? to do a rapid fire? Rapid fire flats. <laughs> Go. Okay. Flat number one, for not doing Sweeney Todd and for calling American Psycho the holy grail of serial killer musicals. It's not. Number two, flat for how disrespectful predatory Drake is. Number three, flat for the contriveness of Betty maybe being into women. It's queer baiting and I don't like it. Flat number four, the overuse of baby Anthony. His name's Anthony, just call him Anthony. We know he's a baby. Flat number five, flat to this episode for being a Stranger Things 4 ripoff. We talked about that. Flat number six, Cheryl's painting. Why is young Heather's head about to roll off her neck? When Heather said it was breathtaking, I cackled. And flat number seven, the utter lack of Jughead. I don't care if Cole Sprouse doesn't want to sing. It's too late. We've already seen him well, be 17. Yes. Those are like, my flats. But like also... I still haven't gotten an answer as to why he is blatantly not singing at the end of Next to Normal when fucking Uncle Frank and Penelope Blossom are singing at the f- at fucking Polly's funeral. That was like his send-off. He was like, that is the last time I will sing. You can't make me sing in this. No, no, no. sing in the next one. I don't know if... I, I, do you not remember? He is blatantly not moving his yeah. mouth. Reggie is fucking lip-syncing, I think. Mm-hmm. But like, everyone else... Uh, he's the only one that's... Uh, I was just Cole Sprouse being like, I'm so done. You made me sing for three musicals. I'm not doing it ever again. But I don't care because we know that he can do it. And honestly, I think he's okay. I like his voice. I feel like he's the first one to be really over everything. (laughs) I think he's been over it since season two. Maybe three. I think two. He's just like. Yeah. 
I'm gonna um, go film a movie on the moon. Oh, oh right. Um, um, I have one more thing that is not a sharp, nor a flat, nor a natural, nor an alto clef, but I'm gonna call this a laughing emoji. Oh. To Archie. <laughs> To Archie playing the guitar in the Kumbaya Bread and Roses section and not singing one note. I was laughing. I was waiting for him to start lip syncing and he didn't. And he was just like on his guitar, just nodding like, you're not going to make me sing. Wait, and I he, thought that was maybe, hilarious. Did he, do you think he also gave up? I was like, you, you made me I sing think he's Cole season Sprousing. one. You made he me sing. Cole Sprousing. Because like the, we've said, there's maybe like one or two songs that works for his voice. They haven't really, they didn't really find it. Or am I thinking The of Origin of come- Love. Yes. Um, would you add any of these songs to your life's playlist? Honestly, you are what you wear. Uh, I like I like all the Riverdale versions of these songs better than the musical. Uh, that being said, I don't really like it, but I do like that one. I put it on my exercise mix. I listen to it every morning. Don't judge me. Don't at me. I'm not. Because <laughs> I also wrote You Are What You Wear. I also added yeah. Killing Spree and A Girl Before. A Killing Spree has like the American Psycho the musical theme in it and that's the da 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 that has been playing in my head on repeat for the past week and I'm mm. a little I'm a little mad about it because I was just like get out of my head I kind of like the treatment of the music that they did for that song as opposed to what think- was in the original the, the uh the theatrical one this is an instance where this is a definite better choice than sweeney todd because can you imagine getting turned to epiphany you just can't <laughs> like that's why dancing. that's why i feel like they should have just done both mashup episode tessa i know you're listening because you listened and and wrote a great episode with next to normal you are listening i know i tag you mm-hmm. in everything i troll you all over the internet in a positive way um so oh, please contact us we will help you write the next musical episode we love you tessa we love you tessa roberto we love you. um if you're listening not sorry about anything we've said uh <laughs> i mean no no <laughs> sorry. no but like we will help you write the next episode or if season seven, oh my god, could you imagine if season seven is just like a musical season out of nowhere? I a would musical movie. I would. If they're gonna rip up Stranger Things, make season seven a movie, a two no. and a half hour long movie with music. I, or, or they're going to pay homage to Roberto's time on Glee, and, <laughs> and Leah just- Michelle will be the big bad. Oh, Ashley, we're done with the episode. We're done with you. Oh, God. Editing this is going to be so much fun. What do you have to plug or promote? Um, So, actually, I I actually have written some new stand-up stuff. So, stay oh. tuned for future shows. I'm, like, slowly but surely assimilating back into the world after a harrowing two years. So, you can follow Why? me what on happened? social media. Uh, there was like a thing that happened. Uh, I don't know if you heard of it. Just this cute little virus. Oh no, that, I haven't like, heard anything a bunch about of it. People. No, I haven't heard Could anything you imagine about Riverdale it. Riverdale doing a COVID season, but so, there's like superpowers. <laughs> don't give them any ideas. They already have and too witchcraft. many and not enough. 
if you have future shows, where can people find, hear about it? So on Instagram, I'm at Schleebelee. That's at S-H-L-E-E-B-A-L-E-E. Um, I will be posting. And that's also my TikTok. I have made one TikTok. Huzzah! <laughs> as let's, of now. Uh, let's make more TikToks. And I think as I'm doing more shows, I'll have some of that on TikTok for you to enjoy. So like, like definitely snippets, follow me. Snippets of your set? Yeah. But nothing too crazy because I don't want you to steal my jokes because I'm not famous. Okay. Well, I won't steal your jokes or I will. I don't know yet. Uh, I, when I, when I see your show, I'll, I'll figure it out if I'm going to steal the joke or not. Uh, <laughs> I'll do a Riverdale set. Nobody will understand, but you'll be the only one laughing. I'm loud enough. I'll make everyone else laugh. Uh, I would if, love it. And if you want to talk about, oh boy, there, so there's another podcast called the Riverdale register and they are also <gasps> just talking about this episode. So I, I want to give them a shout out because I mean, it would be fun to do a crossover thing. I have. Can we please talk to them on an episode of something? I have an idea. I told you about this idea, but I'm pushing it back a little bit. We'll talk a little bit more. Okay. So yes, stay tuned. (laughs) Um, But uh, you know, give them a little, give them a shout out, give them some love. Uh, It's all love here, everyone. I don't, don't shit on them. If they, also shit on the episode or if they give it a glowing review which i doubt but like it's all in good fun that's what entertainment is like we're not we don't it's not a hate crime and just remember everyone just because the performers are the ones that we're seeing there is like hundreds of people behind the scenes that you don't see that Mm -hmm. are in charge of this so Mm -hmm. don't blame them it's not no. their fault. Although they say yes to the project and they are delivering as much as they can. And like what we're seeing is their best take, allegedly. But <laughs> yes. Uh, but if you want to reach out to the podcast, you can. Uh, you can email uh, me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. I have a few TikToks on there. Some of them have not. <gasps> Yeah, uh, one of them was when I did the makeup for Xanadu and I'm lip syncing to Xanadu. Um, you look amazing. Thank you. That was all. Speaking of which, Chris is coming back to talk about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory for the next episode. <gasps> like the Gene Wilder one. The Gene Wilder one, yes. And I'm, I'm surprised at myself that I actually announced who the guest is because I never do that. But we were talking about her, so it seemed like a sexy segue. Uh, Parting as- thoughts? What if Riverdale did a Willy Wonka the There is the musical. There is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the musical. The Riverdale, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Can you imagine somebody singing to Charles, Cheer Up Charlie? Cheer Up Charlie. Oh my God. That's the one I always fast forward. Right, but like, you know that they're probably planning on it. Or if not, now they are because Tess is listening. <laughs> I was like, yes, that's a great next idea. Oh God, no, Tessa, no, no. But uh, but it's like jingle jangle is candy. <laughs> it's it's pop rocks or whatever. Um, Ashley, fizzle thank rocks, you- fizzle rocks. That was it. That was that's it. What it was. Uh, oh. Ashley, thank you so much for coming back on to talk about Riverdale. We have potentially only one more episode. Potentially, who knows? Who knows what they're doing, season seven? And I have an idea that I want to tell you about off camera. So, 
Um, everyone have a wonderful musical day. Be nice to be nice, be kind. Yes. And bye for now. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.